Hi, you guys. Welcome to Radcast. I am Elise Snipes, and um, today is a solo reflection. It is um, the form of this podcast where I open up like a page in the journal of my life. Um, I I put it in front of you to see if there are morsels or chunks or things that uh, stick out to you that you could try on or put on or push away from in an effort to get closer to yourself and your self-expression, your understanding of you here now. And so sometimes these episodes are abstract or they're like a series of photographs. They're, they're little snippets, they're moments, they're things that are all coming together in one bigger story. And, and that's today. That's today's episode, which is to evolve, to evolve within, among, <laughs> between, here. So as you know, especially if you've been listening for a long time, this podcast actually used to be something else. This podcast started as trailer cast. It started um, in the shell of what would later become my office, this vintage 1953 trailer. I would lug down to the beach in sheer determination to write the therapeutic story my way, like I wanted. It was like my rebellion in a way. Um, to provide therapeutic services exactly the way I like would dream them up. Like toes in the sand, sound of the waves on the edge of the world, dipping into like the beautiful hard right there in the setting that like where nature holds us. And so this podcast started like that. <laughs> and now it's something new. And my work is something new and I am something new. And so even when I go back and listen to like our original episodes, I kind of like giggle a little bit and not in a way that's like, I'm like sad for myself. Like, not, no, I don't. And I'm not laughing at myself either. I'm amused. I'm in love with the process. And that's, I think, part of what happens when we uh, just are who we are. Then I, when I listen back to previous episodes, I recognize a true form of myself then. So the journey to Radcast has been an in real time evolution of my identity as a therapist or not, my identity as a mother, wife, human, client in therapy. And it's been this taking off and putting back on, trying on new ways and uh, what is it like a... It's like when you go try on new clothes and you're looking for the thing that fits and like fits you now. You know, like when you go to the store and you're like, wait, how old am I? What kind of clothes am I supposed to buy? Like, is there an age <laughs> range section? And then you, you have to remember or reorient yourself to what do I wear now? How do I express myself now? And, and this is a version of that, right? Trying on things for my now self until it doesn't fit. And then we try on a different thing or a new thing or whatever. Willing to do that in a public space like a podcast and simultaneously willing to do it in a hometown that has known so many versions and, and um, earlier chapters of me. 
And you know, it's kind of neat because I feel like I often get to um, confront an old story, whether they're my own or somebody else's about me, because I live in the town I was raised in. I, <laughs> I walk down the street and I see old best friends or boyfriends or, or people that like old teachers and coaches and I'm at the gas station or a coffee shop or I'm back on the pool deck where my kids are playing sports and it's like, whoa, wow, I remember, I remember being the kiddo in the pool. I remember, um, oh, I remember that home run at that field. And I also remember um, my dad having to be escorted away from practices for showing up drunk and where I would hide when I didn't want to be found and places I'd visit when I was just broken beyond belief and, and needed to be met. I can remember first dates and locations of like moments in white Volkswagen vans. <laughs> I can remember uh, things that make me chuckle and things that make me cry. And there's something about the magic of living in a hometown, even as I become a home to myself. And so I want to explore with you your own version of this. What's it, what's it like for you to become yourself? Like, who says... Do you know, like, who says you can't wear those shoes or um, bigger than that, right? Because they're just a metaphor, that you can't be an artist now or shave your head or go to that new place of spiritual experience or uh, learn a new language or do a new job. Like, who who says that you can't change your name um, or do this instead? And sometimes somewhere there's a little echo of like, but what will they think, whoever they are to you? It's like, yeah. Yeah, we don't know. Uh, So what do you think? Because we can never know the stories that others hold of us, but we do know the story that we tell ourselves that keeps us where we are. And we might get curious about the story that we get to tell ourselves that writes us into new experiences and ways of being and the next evolution of you. There's a little story I want to tell you um, to catch some of you up if you are new here. Uh, My most significant and intense experience with grief um, was when my brother died. We're nearing uh, that time of the year, so As per usual, I am getting, um, do you know like when you smell coffee brewing, like you kind of get the smell of something before you have the taste? That's where I'm at right now. Like I have like the smell of like, oh, at that, his life, but also his death and his vibrancy, but also him being in a hospital bed and, and his laugh and the way it felt to hug him or be hugged by him. And then also, um, everything I've lost. (laughs) So I'm in that, I can smell it brewing season. And there was a time when I was dating my now husband and my brother, who also knows Jesse, so Jesse's my husband's name, and Chase is my brother's name. So Chase 
took Jesse out for a little man-to-man conversation, okay? And if you know Chase, you're, you're already like, you cannot wait. <laughs> so, unbeknownst to me. And also, mind you, I'm in a phase of life where I'm like, um, okay, fine, okay, okay, we're going to date, but, like, I'm still never getting married. So, like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing here, and I don't really know how to not be in love with you but I also don't know like this is really weird because it's not my plan and my plan was me alone and while this is going on and it's obvious to everybody else around me but me that Jesse and I are going to get married like the next day that's that's kind of I think what everyone was like oh there it is mainly my brother so my brother pulls Jesse aside they go to like whatever some lookout in San Clemente and Chase gets super serious with Jesse he very, very directly asks Jesse. Again, we are just dating. Jesse, would you be? I can't even say it with a straight face. <laughs> okay, Jesse, would you be willing to change your last name to Edler? That was our, that was my maiden name and Chase's last name, right? When you and Elise get married. Okay, this is. I'm not. You guys, I can't. I'm. Who could make up this story? So Chase proceeds to explain to Jesse, to kind of like, like to beckon him, like, hey, would you be willing to take on our last name? And he, Chase and I had had this long running conversation around restoring our name of origin, around uh, creating a new reputation around our last name. In, in town and in ourselves and the legacy that we were going to live from from here on out. Also, clearly, at this backdrop to this, can you see how intense Chase and I were? <laughs> we were like, like 16 and 18, and this was like, these are the conversations we're having. Like, what about our last name and how is it going to go on for legacy? And, mind you, Chase died before we ever even got married. So he, he somewhere in his own knowing, he asked a question to Jesse and... Um, wanted to know if he would be willing to step into our family tree and help create a new story. Okay, to fast forward with that a bit, uh, we didn't end up doing that. I did take Edler as my middle name, um, but I kind of get it now. I kind of get more what Chase was asking. He was like, hey, um, I'm really trying to see if we can have our name be associated with something new. And would you be willing to step into the new story we're trying to live into? At the time, I very, very much, before Jesse was in the picture, this is just Chase and I, it was like a, a, a burden. It was like a metal jacket, our last name, to us. In my mind, the things that were associated with being an Edler in St. Clemente, um, it was a ton of shame. I mean, I never wanted to say my last name for fear of what people might remember or how they might have heard about our family. Um, and again, this was just a story I carried inside of me, okay? So what I carried with me is that, oh, that's the, um, that's the family. Um, wasn't her dad a drug dealer? Um, oh, yeah, I think he was arrested. 
oh yeah, now he lives in Mexico or like, um, oh, and then it was really violent. Remember how he would show up drunk all the time to her practices? Um, and what about like her mom and, 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 and it was my own externalized perception of how I was being received when our family endured public calamity in a small town. So here's what I know now. The story associated with our last name had nothing to do with us. The stories, real as they are, lived as they are, survived as they are, had nothing to do with Chase or me or our sister. That was like our parent story. That was their that was their like their bullshit, do you know? Like that was like their that was so their shit. And Chase and I couldn't escape how we felt it was a representation of us to the point where he asked my future husband to change his name so we could build a different story. And you know what? What I know now is I would wear any name with pride and live into whatever story I want. Those things happened. I still have people around town who give me like the, oh, like head face, you know, side, you put their head down, like cock their head and they're like, oh, when they remember kind of who I am. Like a girl who went through some things or the, whose brother died or a lot of other things. But this is what I want to say about growing up in my hometown. I get to say who I am. I get to say. I'm not trapped by other people's versions of me. I will not be boxed in by other people's histories or perceptions of me. I get to have a say. You guys, think about it. I Doesn't it feel a little bit silly? I hope you're listening and you're like, duh. But then put it in your own canvas. How often do we not, and fill in the blank, because of how others might perceive us or, or how that might be in conflict to a previous version of ourself. So there's, there's a part of this, this living evolution that I get to confront old things I've lived out of. Shame, embarrassment, um, wanting to change my name before, not, has nothing, having nothing to do with marriage, but just to kind of shed the reputation of such a loud family with a loud history. I wanted to hide and be private. I wanted to just be someone, something else. But that can't happen in a small town. So I'm still me. And I get to say how and who I am now. And there's a gift of living into the evolution in view of being remembered so that others also have the opportunity to kind of like confront the story they may have about me, which really is just a story about them, (laughs) you know? So that's the personal story. That's the personal evolution. That's the personal um, realization of, huh, you know what, Chase, if you were here, I'd say, dude, look, The story we lived was already good. We didn't need anyone or anything to add to what we were already doing, to the good we were becoming already. 
There was nothing we needed to shift or change or live into. We already were. We didn't need to change our name or invite somebody into it. We already, it wasn't ours to edit. We didn't need to make our dad better or our mom different or our family reputation nicer. Hey, that was their thing. And this is us. Period. I want to give us a pause here because I recognize I'm sharing uh, things that are still personal and um, weighty, even for me. I mean, even for me to share, but even for me to remember. And so if you also, anytime you need to pause to just take a moment to check in with how some of these experiences land with you or or what you resonate with or, or don't, or if you're a person who has a story about me from town that's like, oh, I didn't know you were holding that. I never knew you felt that way about you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for letting me live into myself. (laughs) And here's the pivot. Here's where I want to go, some of the professional shift. When I originally started this podcast in the trailer and where I stand now in my office at Radical Wellness, uh, there was even a year where I decided that I was actually no longer going to be a therapist. I was taking off that hat. Like it was, um, I wasn't that anymore. Like I couldn't even call myself that. I wrestled very deeply with my identity in regards to what I'm actually doing. What, what kind of service am I actually providing? Who am I here? You've heard me talk about it a bit, like a, like a death season, a, a season of really just, whoa, Wow. And I shared in real time as I was going through it because I believe heavily in authentic voice. I believe that in the depths of my bones. We don't share post-experience or like on the other side. It's right here, right now. It's in the mess. It's in the devastation or the depression or the what the fuck. And this episode does come from like a inch, an iota on the other side. Uh, barely like, woof. The gate just closed and I just made it through, you know? And here, when I look at my journey from like therapist, taking that off, really pushing heavy into art, becoming the artist. And then on this side, realizing that all I was trying to do was become myself. Therapist, artist, human, um, me. And whatever whatever that title is, however that is conceptualized in a profession, fine. Fine, truly. I mean, honestly, like it's probably more important to others than it does to me because I just, I know who I am and what the experience will be like uh, with me in the room. And if someone wants to call that therapy, great. And if somebody wants to call it um, <laughs> voodoo or like, or a good time or whoa, or um, or art therapy or EMDR, they want to call it, um, what I don't know, what do you call it? I know the form that it takes now as I allow myself to be myself in every room. As I confront old stories of what therapy is supposed to look like and what it gets to be now. Even in sitting in this office, I'm looking around, I'm like, I'm looking at the different office spaces in the radical wellness and I'm like, gosh, look at all the things that get to happen here. Because we're shifting or pushing out of what it's supposed to be. 
on Saturday night here at the Radical Wellness office, uh, the the OG online team all came into town. And we got to kind of bridge the um, the origin of Radical Wellness, which was an online practice, with the in-person offering now. And I invited a tattoo artist to come and... As we moved through our stories throughout the weekend, the work that we've been doing personally and collectively as we've had our homecoming, our coming home to ourselves as therapists, as mothers, as women, as daughters, as as people in their own skin, right? The tattoo artist came to, uh, to kind of tell that story through the lens of tattoo and mark it on our bodies. She's a exceptionally special human being who could hold that type of space for people that are like weeping as they're getting tattoos or laughing or um, telling her personal stories of like what this means and why now. And so in this very office in the exact spot that I'm sitting right now, uh, there was a table, which now looks like an altar that we bore our stories on and received the medicine of tattoo, a symbol of where I've been. I think of my tattoos like stamps and a passport. Like, oh, I've been there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that time. Oh, my gosh. Remember this? And the most recent stamp, the most recent tattoo is uh, the stacking doll, the Matrushka. It is one of my all-time favorite props that I use in therapy. If we have worked together, you know what I mean. It is like that sweet little uh, blank wooden doll that opens and opens and opens and opens and opens again. The, t- the tattoo, this specific story represents, uh, yes, my evolution in regards to the most outer version of myself, now the most visible version of me who contains every primal experience within deeper and deeper another version deeper another doll oh another one oh there's more all the way to the core to the original self to me as me and you as you before story or experience or drunken dads or broken legacies or death um, or birth or motherhood or uh, before anyone else's story on you or things you inherited or not, there's you at the very, very epic center, completely unstoried. Oh my gosh, just inherently wildly free. Like, like no, nothing is on you yet. She is within you. She is within me. And the tattoo is, it's the visual reminder of all the worlds and stories I contain. It's all the things that I have lived into and out of and into and out of again and again and again. It's also an homage to my matrilineal line um, to my entire family of Russian-Ukrainian Jews and the way in which we have endured, survived, fled, and become. I see the story now on my on my left bicep and I just can't. I like every time I catch a glimpse, 
there's a spark of joy for me that's like, hey, yeah, more of that. That's to evolve here, now, in front of everyone. That's to mark myself or my story. Not that people have to get tattoos to do that. We do that through uh, writing and singing and wearing the clothes that represent us through um taking the risk of the new job. We do that through cooking a really good meal. The, all those things are the, the form of your declaration of independence. Every one of your authentic original acts is an art of rebellion where you're taking back story and saying, I say who I am. I do this now. I make this now. I love like this now. I embody myself like this now. Yeah. That's that's what we're after. That's what I'm after. That is what I'm about is creating the space for people to come in and see what that's like. To evolve here, now, in front of yourself and trusted peers. To get to have conversations about things you don't know yet or places you've been and know really well. To evolve, to change the name to be you again and again and again and again. To be in radical participation with your life. To continue to become you in ways that blow your own mind. That's what this episode is inviting you to, to even try on some of these thoughts. What would that look like? Is there a tiny act of rebellion? Is there a minute or massive thing you want to do that would allow you to embody yourself as you? Sometimes I name things like what happens on the external, like just wearing the shoes. And the reason I think about that is because there was a... um, a time in high school. Do you like when Doc Martens, and again, they're back and they've always been here, whatever. There was like these, there were these like cool girls who had these cool Doc Martens and I had made up the story that like, I'm not cool enough to wear those Doc Martens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, and so I'm like, well, I can't do that. Oh, high top Converse, same thing. Like I, I can only wear low top Converse. I can't wear high top Converse. That's like, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. So, some of those rewriting of the story, some of those like taking it back is getting the Doc Martens, getting the high top conference because it's not about the shoes. It's about me saying yes to what I'm always and have always been allowed to do and to finding that 15-year-old, 14-year-old doll stacked inside of me and saying, girl, get the damn shoes. (laughs) Be yourself. Ain't nobody tell you nothing, least of all you. Last story for you. I had a exceptionally special person in my office this week. And she had a moment like this too. That there was a time when she was eight and she had visited Disneyland. And there was the moment of the iconic balloon, the Mickey Mouse head inside the big balloon. You know the one, you know, where it's clear on the outside and it's like Magic Kingdom. And then on the inside, there's like the Mickey Mouse head. And it's like a treasure. It's like, um, you, you just know, you're like, oh yeah, the balloon from Disneyland. And on the way home from her Disney experience, ah, the balloon popped like she never got to carry it in the door of her home because it didn't it didn't make it. And she's eight. 
that's like that's like like it's tragedy and at the time in her story she um didn't want to cry about it, didn't want anyone to see her cry about it and didn't want to be sad because she didn't want to be ungrateful for her experience but also it was like like I, like this was really important and in an eight-year-old self of course right you guys yesterday she told me she went to disneyland she's now an adult woman with three kids and she got the damn balloon <laughs> She got the balloon. She asked her husband to take a picture of her with it. She went and she got the thing because, you know, it's not about the balloon, but you know what it is about? That eight-year-old inside of her looking all the way up to her now and saying, thank you for remembering me. Thank you for knowing that this was important. And even though it might feel or seem or look ridiculous to the you that is now, I feel like, oh, thanks. Mm, thanks. We do it for all of the dolls inside of us. I wear the shoes to honor me. I um, episode or whatever, record myself here because um, for many years, my voice was silenced. It's not, and I am not. And even if it is, oh, like throwing my tortoise at birthday party recently, that that's what I mean. It's a joy rebellion. I'm, it's a um, it's the doing the absurd thing that might feel ridiculous to you or like um, stupid or silly or all the things we tell ourselves so that when we don't actually come home to ourselves, it's about that. It's about making the eight year old girl within us proud. It's about honoring the 21-year-old self who didn't walk that path and is going to now. We're doing it for us. You're doing it for you. And in that, you're leaving the legacy that you maybe always hoped you could. When I think about my daughter and my sons watching my life now, I'm not going to have to tell them the story. Do you know what I mean? I'm not going to have to tell them. They're going to get to see it. I'm not going to have to explain why this is important or whatever, because I'm doing it now in real time. I am evolving here now in front of everyone, including myself. I say who I am. And you. And you too. So, woo. This is, this is um, a moment of like, like I said, into my personal journal or into my headspace or into my wondering or into me saying it exactly as I'm thinking it. And I'd love to know what you think too. Write me, DM me, find me, <laughs> show up at the pool deck and tell me, I want to know who you say you are. Cheers. Cheers.